Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Irene Blog Talk Radio Show with your host and creator, Minister Annie Bell, the founder and executive director of Wealth Management Ministries Incorporated. We are providing talk therapy to survivors of child abuse, sex trafficking, and other traumas. Please enjoy the show. Hey, 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 good evening once again. Welcome to the iRain Blog Talk Radio Show. Thank you so much for joining me, my friends. Um, I am Minister Annie Bell, the host and creator of iRain Blog Talk Radio Show. As you know, it is an outreach of Wealth Management Ministries, and we endeavor to bring talk therapy to survivors of child abuse, sex trafficking, and other traumas. Of course, we also provide awareness and resources to our community so that we can prevent such things. Now, tonight, y'all know I've been having some really, really, really good program and some fantastic guests. Tonight is, um, we're going to continue that particular trend. Um, My sister's keeper is the topic for tonight. When I reflect upon tonight's topic, I am reminded of my own brother, Uh, He's a a year and a half older than I am, not too much older, but um, he is my keeper, none the same. As I write in my book, Irene, A Survivor's Guide to Thrive, Thrive, I actually talk about him being just that, uh, meaning that he took, uh, looked out for me. He protected me, and still to this day, he does that. Uh, I'm his little baby sister, and I don't care how old I get, I will always remain that way to to him and his eyes. Um, but when I was being abused and going through my um, sexual assault, he was the first one that I told. I was eight years old, and I came to him um, and said, "I think this person wants to be my husband." I mean, because I, as a with a you know mind of an eight year old, you don't really understand some of the things and so that's the only thing that I can think of was these are what married couples do um but I I was so scared that he was going to um that you know the uh, my abuser might find out that I told somebody I made my brother my brother promise and swear that he was not going to say anything to anyone so he tried to protect me the best he could um just thinking about that brings tears to my eyes because I had no doubt in my mind that I was loved. And everybody deserves someone that is just absolutely crazy about them. You know, everyone, every child deserves that. Now, when we're talking about sex trafficking, globally, the International Labor Organization estimates that there are 4.5 million people trapped in forced sexual 
exploitation globally, okay? 89 to 95% of those victims are females. There are boys who are being sex trafficked. Don't get me wrong. Uh, it's just that the majority is uh, women. Uh, in a report, in 2014, the Urban Institute estimated that the underground sex economy ranged from 39.9 million just in Denver, Colorado. Um, here in Atlanta, we're talking about two, $290 million. And, and again, just in Atlanta, Georgia, the industry is driven by the demand. You know, they're supplying the demand. So we have a huge problem with uh, those who want to purchase sex and uh, many who want to purchase sex from young, young girls. So, well, sisters and brothers alike need someone who will protect them and rescue them uh, when they are in need. My guest tonight, he did just that when he found that his sister was in need. So without further ado, please welcome to our virtual studio, Mr. Kenneth Meadows. Welcome to the studio, Kenneth. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. It's, um, you know, when I first created uh, the uh, video to share about this and, and, and collaborated with some other people in this industry, it just really brought back all those things, you know. But, sure. Um, you know, um, to kind of go back to, to who I am, um, you know, I uh, I own a travel business. <clears throat> That's something I started this year. But as I started progressing with that, God just really started showing me that there's some things that I need to do that aren't necessarily travel-related. You know, missions mm -hmm. work. And then and then as things started progressing, I started looking at, at, at – uh, and just asking, what else? I felt like there was something else. And then I saw some of the things that, that were being posted about the sex trafficking, and it just really hit home. And I started the conversation with um, Darina Leslie, and, and uh, that kind of progressed where we, we co-authored an article, and it just uh, it's just grown from there. And uh, so, sure, I do travel, but it's so much bigger than that. There's, there's such a need. And, and um, you know, there's so many people out there that <clears throat> they really don't have a voice, you know, without That's us. Right. They really don't. Mm -hmm. That's right. They are, they, a lot of them are being seen. It's just that some of them are not being identified, okay, right. um, identified as a victim or a sex trafficking victim or child abuse victim, uh, domestic violence abuse victim. Uh, your story right. is so unique. To, especially to our show, um, and I was wondering if you could go ahead and share your story with us then. Sure. I'm going to go kind of back uh, to some of the things that led up to what happened with my younger sister, Joy, and um, the environment we lived in. Um, early on, uh, when, when we were very young, my, my parents had gotten a divorce, and I think I was about Six. My sister Joy would have been about four uh, when they went through the divorce, and I, we have other siblings too. But um, let's just kind of keep it close to, you know, sure. uh, the story here. But um, um, there was a lot of violence and alcoholism and drugs, 
Um, and um, I didn't really recognize it early on, but but uh, there was there's um, not just the drugs, but there's you know my dad he dealt in some of that too. And so, um, but he was always you a, mean, he was a drug dealer. He, he, yeah, yeah. And, and, okay. But he was always a work. He always worked. He always had you know the ability and 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 taught that for us children is to work for a living, and I'm I'm so thankful for that. But um, to kind of go back to the story, um, I can think of certain events that that were um, the most memorable, and just to kind of highlight some of those things that we grew up with. um, I think I was about eight years old, and uh, my dad was out drinking, and we had someone there watching us uh, kids, but uh, she had left. And, you know, unfortunately, it was just someone that wasn't accountable. But um, so I'm the eldest at the home in the house. Um, there was a fire in our house, and we, we lost the house that night. But I had gotten everyone out of the house. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until I think it was after 2.30 in the morning when my dad showed up, and the house was gone. I mean, wow. it, 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 the fire had started in the basement, and it was fully involved by the time the, 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 uh, the police and, and the, the fire trucks showed up. And um, within, I think it was within about 24 hours, my stepmother, um, she kidnapped us kids, you know, because of the alcoholism and all the stuff that had gone on and the abuse mm-hmm. and took us to another state. And so we lived in Colorado and then Wyoming and I think it took my dad about two and a half years to finally catch up to um, the situation and get us back, you know, and we end up living with him. I think I was from the fifth grade all through high school pretty much. I, I lived with my dad and, and uh, had dealt with all the stuff that was still going on. You know, nothing had really changed, but, you know, I wouldn't say it was all bad. We had a lot of good things that were really, you know, um, positive as far as, family time hunting and fishing and all that but there was always mm-hmm. that alcoholism it was there was always that underlying cancer yes. of of the um you know alcoholism abuse mm-hmm. addiction and, sure and, mm-hmm. yeah and um you know most of the abuse was was verbal and just real loud and, and, and not real just toxic um i didn't deal with a lot of physical abuse but and neither did the other children, but still it affects you. Yes. Anyway. It is, um, it is still trauma. It's still considered trauma. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, anyway, um, in my senior year of high school, I had had enough. And I, you know, and this was back in the 80s, in the, in the early, mid-80s. Um, and I was... You know, minimum wage back then was about two twenty-five, two thirty-five, and I was making pretty good money. I was making eight fifty an hour. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so I just decided I'm going to get my own place and just take care of myself. And I had lots of friends, so I, I was able to find a place and, and rent a place, even though I wasn't old enough. I had people that kind of, you know, were protecting me. Mm-hmm. And uh, but what I didn't know is how much my my sister really needed her bigger brother, you know, cause I kind of yeah. separated myself from the family for about two years. And mm-hmm. when I finally reconnected, I had found out from my dad that 
she was on the streets, and he just was real transparent about, you know, we're we're trying to find her. We're, we've got investigators looking, and I'm so thankful for that. But it took it took, I think, about two and a half years for us to finally catch up to her. And of all places in the city that we grew up in, there in Portland, wow. Oregon, mm-hmm. um, and we did um, intervene and was able to pull her out of that. Um, it was not, uh, we didn't get the authorities involved. We went in physically and removed her from her pimp. And, wow. You know, being the older brother and being her dad and stepmother and, and whoever else was involved, there was other family involved too. Um, I'm sure you can imagine it wasn't a real pretty situation, but it was what it was. Well, let me ask you, um, uh, so at this time when she did, when she, when she was, uh, when you were told that she was on the street, streets, how old was she at that time? About 17. Okay. So she had been on the streets, um, about two years. So she was on the streets about 15. Right. Okay. Okay. Um, and she, what, just ran away? Um, apparently she was looking for a way to get out and she got just caught up with the wrong people. I've mm-hmm. heard stories of who got who was involved, but there's no way for me to verify that because that person's not with us anymore. Okay. But um it was someone that, that was related to us. <clears throat> but I don't know I don't have any proof of that. I see. Um all I know is, is she got involved in the wrong people and and uh because of who she was and, and how she was a very beautiful girl. She was escorted at the higher level all over the country. And yeah. um, what got caught up in that, and there was some, some really brutal physical abuse. There was a few things she told me, but she kept that pretty close to the vest and mm-hmm. mainly shared it with the women in the family. You know, her bigger brother, Thank she you. just shared what she could. Mm-hmm. I see. And I, I, it's, it is hard sometimes, uh, very traumatic to retell the story. Um, although there is healing in it, it's still very hard. I'm going to go ahead and take a quick break, allow you to get some water. Um, everyone, please stay seated. We'll be right back with just a quick station identification break. Sadly, today, most of us know at least one person that suffers from addiction or substance abuse. Addiction does not discriminate. No age, gender, race, or classes of people are immune to the horrors of addiction. This epidemic has ruined families, claimed lives, and left loved ones devastated. Over 100 people die from overdoses daily, and over 20 million Americans suffer from some form of addiction. For this reason, author Lloyd H. Bell Jr. has written the book Clean and Serene. The author is an addictions counselor and recovering addict of over 13 years. He knows and has first-hand experience of being caught in the grips of addiction. Clean and Serene provides experience, strength, and hope for the still-suffering addict. It can also be used as a tool in recovery. Whether it is used in a group setting or individually, this book was written to assist in the recovery process and encourage. Integrating inspirational, encouraging, and challenging scriptures the author has provided a resource that is sure to change lives. 
If you or someone you know is battling with addiction, this book is for you. If you are in recovery, this is a great resource to add to your toolbox. If you are a group leader or addictions counselor, this is an awesome book for group therapy. Clean and Serene. Scriptural Meditations for Recovery is available nationwide in both ebook and print. Get your copy or a copy for some you know today from Amazon or Barnes & Noble Bookstore. For less than $10, you can potentially change the life of someone currently paying the high cost of living with an addiction. Welcome back to I Rain Blog Radio Show with your host, Minister Annie Bear. As he said, welcome back to Irene Blog Talk Radio Show. Again, I am Minister Annie Bell. I want to issue a trigger warning at this time. We're talking addiction. We're talking um, abuse and sex trafficking. So if anyone is out there who is maybe going through uh, something tonight, listening to this, please, first of all, if it's urgent and you need someone to speak with immediately, call Polaris. 1-888-373-7888 1-888-373-7888 or um, even text be free, um, which is 233-733. Text them and um, they will help you. Also, connect with me on Facebook uh, or Twitter or Instagram. Somehow connect with me so that we can uh, be there for you. You don't have to suffer alone. I'm going to make this announcement a few times throughout uh, the duration of our show tonight. We have on uh, in our virtual studio, Kenneth Meadows, who um, was basically telling us the story of how his sister was caught, um, was basically in the streets, and how he came to rescue her. So, Kenneth, thank you for st- staying by, and um, I wanted to go ahead and finish your, st- uh, you know, give you time to finish your story. So, thank you. Uh, tell me the steps. I know you said you had said said something so very interesting. You said the authorities were not involved. Your family, um, which I think I just love that your family went and took steps to find her. So tell me, what did you do? What steps did you take to find your sister? Well, a lot of it was done by my dad and my stepmother. Um, they they were fortunate enough; they had some money. And so we weren't poor or anything, and they got an investigator, a private investigator, and were, you know, they tracked her, and it seemed like they were always right on her tail. And, you know, when they would show a picture and and kind of describe uh, a little bit about her and some of the characteristics, you knew it was her. You knew mm-hmm. we were right on her tail. We were right on her tail. It seemed like, and you imagine going through that for two, three years. Oh my you gosh. Know, so, you know, that's a long, that's a long road. Yes. And it really when we is. got word, and when mm-hmm. we got word that she was in Portland, we were like, okay, we know where to look because we're, it's our city, right? Right. And so it didn't take long. And um, when they finally spotted her, he was with her. And so, he was pretty much taken in an alley, and that was that's about as far as I'm gonna willing to go. <laughs> and you're saying he, as in the her boyfriend slash pimp her slash pimp. daddy slash yeah trafficker. 
Yeah. Right. And and mm-hmm. um, yeah, so it was. We got her out of there. We got her help. Apparently, there was some programs where she could be in a, in a halfway house and get transition, and uh, you know, just take care of her mind, her body, her spirit. And, you know, it's a process. It took us a years before she was even remotely who we remembered, right? Yes. Yes. Well, but, and um, I don't want to be there. During the time, be... what we didn't know is when we mm-hmm. caught up to her, though, she was pregnant. Oh, and wow. we didn't know this right. We didn't know this right away. So I just, I really feel like it was just the grace of God that, that we got her then, not yes. even just a few months later, you know, because who knows what abuse could have caused some, you know, irreparable damage to her or the the, the, the baby. And um, she did give the baby up for adoption. And it was a family that was uh, friends of my parents that had adopted her. So they had her all those years. And she's very much a part of our family now. Yeah. Amen. That is awesome. Yeah. Um, and I don't mean to digress, but, you know, I, this is very important because we are empowering people um, on this show. As as I hear you say that you guys hired a private investigator, I never thought about that. So for our listeners, uh, those who are listening tonight, um, if you have the means and or have the option uh, instead of just relying on the authorities, because they get so many cases. Just think about it. You know, we got millions of cases here in the United States, so you know that the, our, our agencies are um, are inundated. So a private investigator is one route that you can go to find your sister, your mother, your daughter, um, you know, what have you. So that is one option. The other thing that their family did, uh, like you said, Kenneth, was that you guys hit the street. Soon as you knew, uh, soon as the private investigator told you where she was, you guys went and hit the streets yourself as well. Right. I can remember so, um, um, trips to Atlanta. I didn't go, but, you know, my dad would take off and he'd go to Atlanta or he'd go to New York or Florida. I can remember certain cities. And, and mm-hmm. so, California, of course, was one of them, uh, L.A., and um, it seems like maybe even Denver. Um, mm-hmm. I, you know, it's been a long time ago. But, sure, uh, sure. Um, and so yeah, you say you um, were able to, when you found, when you guys found her, she was with her trafficker, and but it right. was her boyfriend, correct? He he was the father of her her child. I know that. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And um, so, yeah. Um, well, the ugly the, side of it is that, uh, of course, there's so many sides of it that's ugly. There's not a, there's not a really a pleasant side to sex trafficking, but we know that the traffickers also rape their victims. Um, them, they will, you know, allow others to rape her as well as. Um, uh, the the play, the paying clients um, and right. just the indoctrination the uh, of you know getting them prepared. I mean, we we hear so many stories of men being able to come to young girls and saying, "Hey, I will love you. I'll love you the way you are. 
you know, you're so beautiful, you're so pretty. From at the core of prevention, we can establish and really seek self-esteem uh, into our children. Um, at the very least that you could do is to uh, make your child feel so loved that when a predator comes to them and say, hey, you're lovely, you're beautiful, let me um, take care of you like a man should, they should be able to look to their father and say, okay, look, you know, my daddy, ta- my dad takes care of me. My mom loves me. Uh, I am in a loving environment. So, um, again, another thing that we can do here to empower ourselves to help prevent the uh, uh, many of the, because there, uh, there's so many that are preventable. And so right. is to make sure that we instill self-esteem in our children, especially for girls, because, again, the higher number of victims are female. Um, but the boys, they need just as much nurturing, love, and care um, from their mom and their dad. I don't care if you are separated. I don't care if you are divorced. Both of you at different times can can speak into your children. Um, so that's another way that, again, we can prevent and, uh, and one way to rescue. I know you said that you took him into the alley and you handled business. Um, again, I don't, I don't promote violence, but I'm going to tell you, no, the Bible no, no, no. said that exactly. the, um, you know, that, the, that the, um, the, vi- that the violent, okay, finally, basically that we are given the right, the violence who suffered, who suffered, um, those who suffered violence, the, fire, the violence, um, you know, came back. And so, again, you know, I think that it's justified in some some ways, you know, in, the, in Ecclesiastes, it talks about there's a time for everything. There's even time for war. There's a time for everything. And in a situation like this, I think the violence should take its by force. So I applaud you for, um, you know, I, I know that you're not, that's not what you uh, condone, but I, I, I actually just applaud you for taking matters in your hands and rescuing your sister. And um, as much as she may have been abused by that guy, it's almost like, hey, you know, um, you, you he kind of got what he, uh, some form of justice. I don't know, was he able to, were you able to take him, um, get him incarcerated? I have an interesting story about that. Okay. He, because of what happened, he was not able to go back to doing what he normally did. And I found out years later he gave his life to God. Amen. Amen. Now, do you think it's because of, you know, you laying hands and and praying for him as well? And I mean that for people. nothing else. Something happened that that made him take notice yes. is what I'm thinking. I don't know. I can't speak to yeah. him. But all I can say uh-huh. is something happened mm-hmm. that made him take notice of what he was doing in his life. And and he was like, you know what? This ain't working. You know, and I know mm-hmm. I've been there. You know, I <clears throat> went through a period after this had happened with my, my, my sister well, I went through an addiction for, for different drugs and alcohol myself. And during that time, I'd lost two more brothers who were younger than me. Oh, wow. 
because of alcoholism and drinking and driving. And uh, that is not, it, it was a wake-up call. It's just, you know, it was a wake-up call for me. And yes. I was, I was, I didn't know God until 1985, and God healed me of all those addictions. It was Jesus. done. I mean, it, Amen. I, went, I, I can remember going, I think it was about two or three weeks, and I was like, I hadn't even had a thought of the drug for weeks. Amen. Amen. And, you know, it, uh, the story of recovering from addiction is, is so uh, unique to every individual. Some, they get delivered immediately. Others, it's a process. And so, um, you know, definitely for those who might be going through fighting the grips of it right now, he, he is a living testimony that you can um, rise above it and recover from yeah. it and, um, and heal properly. Uh, the book that uh, well, my husband yeah. wrote is also talks about how to recover and maintain your recovery. And so pick that up as well, everyone, if, if you're able to. Um, now, we are at our second uh, station identification moment. So everybody, please um, stay tuned. I know the story is, uh, is, is really good, so don't miss a beat. Stay tuned. We'll be right back in two minutes. Hello, everybody. My name is Minister Annie Bell, and I am the host of Iran's Blog Talk Radio Show, where we endeavor to bring talk therapy to survivors of child abuse, sex trafficking, and other traumas, as well as being the vehicle by which we use to bring awareness and resources to the community to aid in the prevention of these abuses. Iran which is a declarative acronym for the individual survivor. That means I, I identify myself as a survivor, no longer a victim. R, reclaim my life. E, excel at living. G, grow in Christ. And N, nurture myself and others. This declarative acronym has developed into a victorious lifestyle brand that empowers and aids in the healing journey of survivors of abuse, sex trafficking, and other traumas. I have also written a book entitled, with the namesake, I Reign, A Survivor's Guide to Thrive, which is now available at Amazon.com and Barnes & Noble. Pick up your copy of my book today and join me every Tuesday night at 8 p.m. here on We Inspire Network Radio, where together, through God, we win. If we endure, we will reign with Christ. Welcome back to I Rain Block Up Radio Show with your host, Minister Annie Bell. And again, welcome back. Thank you so much for sticking with us. I am uh, Minister Annie Bell, and you are listening to I Rain Block Talk Radio Show. Uh, we are powered by We Inspire Network Radio. 
And for those who are looking for affordable advertising uh, or uh, show sponsorship, we have that available. Please contact our marketing department, 201-477-0469. Y'all have to excuse me. I don't know why I'm stuttering so bad this evening. Uh, I also wanted to go back and give you the, the scripture. It's Matthew eleven twelve, and basically is speaking of the um, – the kingdom of God suffereth violence and the violent tickets by force. I got so excited. I think I kind of mangled that scripture up. So I wanted to make sure I got that to you so you can uh, do your uh, study. Now we're back with Kenneth Meadows, who uh, again rescued his sister from sex trafficking. And, um, and we talked about the fact that him intervening not only saved his sister's life, but probably had something to do with, the sex trafficker who uh, t- gave his life to Christ. And um, I think that's an awesome story because my, it, in my prayers, although I pray for the victims, I always pray for the predator. I always pray for the one that is um, uh, victimizing because to God, the soul is still precious to him. Whether, and, and you know, we're, it, it, Truth be known, we're all filthy rags in in in, uh, in God's eyes. It's only by the grace of God and the blood of Christ that we can even approach the throne of grace. But um, to to know that you know your intervention, Kenneth, had saved your sister's life and possibly even um, turned the life around of a trafficker who could have definitely uh, victimized more people. I think just deserves an applause and I'm gonna give you one right now hallelujah um you also said that you took your sister and got her some help um right right well our family did talk to us about that a little bit well there was there was a house um that was set up for uh helping uh women transition out of the the sex trafficking and um so that's where she stayed, and and she had her her daughter uh, Lisa, and and the uh, the other family was able to adopt her, and mm. um, <clears throat> that was awesome. And we knew the family, so that was good. And, and what uh, year she, was this? Was it like 2008 or? It, no, 1983. And you know that blows my mind because. I'm just now finding out probably in the last six to maybe seven years um, about I'm thinking 83. I have to go back and really yeah. ask some key people but it, was, it really it, has, has been, yeah. This has been prevalent in the United States for over two decades. And so, um, but what, what we did was we allowed it to grow in the dark and now it's gotten out of control, you know, um, right, right. And so I am, and, and I'm so thankful that you were able to even find an agency or an organization who was able um, to even help your sister out, you know, because there are not so many, there's not so many around, you know, it's even these days. So, um, so that's, I think that's absolutely fa- fantastic. Can you tell some of the physical toll that she went through this was you know was she pale it was she very thin you know her mind body and spirit can you kind of tell us what right. how it yeah um 
I do remember there was some things she was dealing with because she, you know, she contracted some of the sexual diseases. So she had to deal with that. And, Mm. um, you know, during, because she was on the streets, um, she did end up getting raped too by multiple men at at the same time. Mm -hmm. Um, I remember her sharing one particular story when she was in LA and uh, she shared that with me. There's, she didn't always share a whole lot with me, but Mm -hmm. um, she did that one and, and, and just what had happened and, and some of the horrible things that she went through. So, um, Anyway, I kind of need to share something else, too, if you don't mind, is that she, uh, in 2003, got leukemia, so she's no longer with us. Mm. I'm so sorry to hear that. And she had three other kids past uh, the first one that she had. So she had four kids total, three girls and one boy, and... uh, I think it was like within a, the day before or two days before she actually passed, we got a hold of uh, the family and then the daughter that she had adopted out because she wanted to see her. She hadn't met her. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the day, she, about an hour before she passed, she got to see her daughter. Oh, my gosh. That is a tearjerker right there. Um, my condolences, first of all, for your, the loss of your sister. Um, I know that even though it may have been several years ago, uh, it is still fresh for the for the loved ones. Um, right, and so my right. condolences, and and even for the children. Um, so you said that even though they knew you guys knew who the adoptive parents were, and you knew the parents, she really didn't have a relationship with the first child that she gave up for adoption. Is that what I'm understanding? No. Yeah, she, that was kind of um, part of the agreement at the time, I guess, with I see. that family. That family, mm-hmm. And, and um, I think it was in the situation she was in at the time, it made sense. Sure. Um, you know, I don't know if, if it was right for me to say, but, I think she would have been good to be part of that a little more, but she was able to have three other kids, and, and they're great kids, all of them. Amen. Amen. Um, now, most um, trafficking victims sometimes return back to the life because that's, you know, majority of what they know and have been indoctrinated into it. Did she ever go back into prostitution? No. Or, or, amen. Fact, she ended up, uh, she ended up uh, working for Nike in Portland, in Beaverton. Okay, that's good. You said as a as a manager. Uh, she worked um, the phones. Okay, good, good. So I didn't hear what you said that, at the, the last time. <laughs> uh huh. Okay. Yeah. And, and, oh but, my gosh. Uh, but you know, a great company, and 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 uh, she lived in that part of the area, and, and was able to still be a mother with her three kids. That is. That is absolutely awesome because she was able to turn her life around, which is um, it's an uphill battle, but it's very doable yeah. when you have your uh, mind set on it. Now, a little um, later in the show, I, I, I'm going to um, 
ask you to tell us about some of the work that you do with nonprofit organizations. But from your perspective, what word of advice would you give a family member who suspects sex trafficking? Uh, I say do not hesitate to talk to some people that that um, can help, mm-hmm. whether it be organizations that you know um, you can call into and say, hey, you know, I have a concern here. Um, what city are you in? Where do you suspect they might be? Um, forward pictures that are current. Um, I'm not on the inside as much as the organization, but that I'm learning. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. but that's good. I'd say just don't be quiet and don't wait. Two yes. days could be too long. The sooner the better, because you know as fast as as the pimps can move very fast and move them to a different area, that makes it ten times harder to to find them. Exactly. And then from there they can be moved again. Or they could be traded or sold to another pimp. That's right. That is is right, and that's the scary part. And they're sold even on the newspaper called Backpage. Uh, it's ridiculous right. that it has taken this long for it to be shut down. But um, and you know the guy is just fighting tooth and nail because he's making so much money off of um, that particular newspaper. And um, so those that's great advice that you just gave. But the one that really sticks out to me is don't wait because, like you said, tomorrow might be too late. Um, you never know when that trafficker is about to move your child or your yeah and it it doesn't necessarily it doesn't necessarily mean too late like they're gonna die it's just the sooner you get to them the better because you don't know where they're gonna be two days from now that's right that changes everything the further they get away that's right and don't be scared to approach your children you know um hey have that talk with them and I, you know, one thing that I have done with my kids, and I'm not saying this is perfect, but I try to make sure that there is open communication and to let them know that there is nothing that they can, t- that would tell me that would make them, make me not love them. And that's something that we have to continue to reinforce to our children is that there's nothing. I mean, even God loves us in our filthy state. Why then can we not love our own kids? So we have to instill that in our children that no matter what they did, no matter what happened, that they can come to you as the parent and um, and talk to you about it. Um, and 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 so and it's got to be practiced. You know, you can't just all of a sudden say it when they're they're 16. You need to keep saying it. Start saying it as soon as they're able to understand spoken word. <laughs> you know. Um, well, you know, and what's what's the media now, we can go to a simple story on YouTube and share. Yes, very good. I think you got to be careful on which ones you share and how old the mm-hmm. kids are. You know, the age of the kids, can, can, they don't understand necessarily, but um, at least get them educated about the warning signs of uh, who to trust. You know, That's right. And, and mm-hmm. but also some of the things that these pimps are very well known for being uh, 
the type of person that they're they think they can trust. Yes. Very manipulative. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yes. And speaking to their need, uh, speaking to their emotional need, you know, uh, some physical need, meaning, you know, uh, hey, you can make a lot of money, stuff like that. But a lot is uh, attending to their emotional needs. Um, Those are very great uh, preventative and uh, advice that you have given. Also, I would like to add uh, those uh, parents and even, you know, uh, if you have children who are, excuse me, youth age, anywhere from 13 on up, um, go to Irene, Stop Abuse and um, Abolish Sex Trafficking on Facebook. We load up a lot of information, uh, news articles, as well as um, how to spot sex trafficking, how to prevent it, how to have the talks with your kids, even about child abuse and stuff like that. So um, feel free to go there. This is our last uh, uh, commercial break that we're going to take. So everyone, please stay tuned. We got some tidbits for you that you don't want to miss. Hello, my name is Minister Lloyd Bell Jr., CEO of We Inspire Network Radio. God bless you, and I am Minister Annie Bell, the COO of We Inspire Network Radio. We had you, our listeners, in mind when we created We Inspire Network Radio, or as we like to call it, Win Radio. We incorporated your thoughts and opinions to ensure that our programming will embody true inspiration. And we will continue to bring relevant and heartfelt shows that cater to the needs and wants of our growing listener base. Please, subscribe to our network so that you can stay connected. Join us here every week where together, through God, we win. Welcome back to I Rain Blog Talk Radio Show with your host, Minister Annie Bell. All right, we're on the last lap. Again, I'm Minister Annie Bell, your host for I Rain Blog Talk Radio Show. Um, now, you know, many of you know that we are Outreach of Wealth Management Ministries. We are a 501c3 nonprofit organization. We endeavor to bridge the gap between the rich and the poor through teaching of financial literacy and Christian counseling. So feel free, feel, um, uh, feel free to, to make any donations that you would like, because obviously uh, all of this is done through the organization. And so your help is much needed to keep us on the air. Um, tonight we have a, um, a, a man who, a brother who made sure that his sister was rescued from sex trafficking. The story is just unreal. Also, if you go to our Facebook um, uh, page, our group, you'll also find his story. Uh, he actually did an interview with a another blog um, uh, post, and so you can you know read more of his story as well as all the things that he is doing to um, uh, keep a legacy going for his sister who 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 now has passed. So Kenneth. Welcome back. Thank you so much for staying with us and um, being a part of the show. I know that you are creating a legacy for the, her children. 
um, and you have made that part of your mission. So um, can you tell us a little bit about that? And you can uh, maybe even tell us about your nonprofit, how you help nonprofit organization and um, things of that sort. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, and of course, I always want to keep, uh, just like you said, of, of uh, that legacy, um, I'm hoping will live on for generations. Um, Amen. But it also, but my goal as a travel business owner, and I, I consider myself um, a, a marketing guy and um, fundraiser, and that's really how I want to connect every organization because we're all of the same voice. Yes. But when we speak loudly, how we speak loudly is with with uh, the money that's coming in to, to give a voice for those who don't necessarily have one at the moment. Eventually, hopefully they will, but it's all these people that are being trafficked or or um, you know caught up in slavery and the the those human rights issues and uh, anyway with some of the, some of the things that that I have looked for specifically that I've bring into the table is things that have no geographical constraints I want to be able to help every organization around the world so that's what I was looking for mm-hmm. and. Uh, I have an app that's launching this week, and it's a sports app. So how fun is to be able to take and and download a simple simple sports app and share it with your friends and family and people that you know, knowing that it's going towards a good cause. And it doesn't cost the nonprofit anything. We've created a way for them to partner with us and share a simple app. And, and and how nice is when you can play along with a family-friendly sports app. There's mm-hmm. no gambling or anything like that. There's none of that. And just play along live with your favorite team and knowing the money's going towards good cause. And then on top of it, I formed a partnership with um, a net marketer, so it's just internet marketing uh, guru, guru, um, his name is Mike G. Some of you uh, could search, and he, he's the top uh, net marketer, if not one of them anyway, in the world. Anyway, he partnered with me, and I, he has some tools that I use uh, that also don't have any ge- geographical constraints on them either because they're global because it's just mm-hmm. an app. And it's a mobile marketing app. So that, say you're an organization or a nonprofit or a business, for your customers to be able to download your app and you to be able to share your message right to their phone, because that eliminates uh, constraints with emails or having a computer or Wi-Fi. It goes right to your phone. So any message I want to put out there, if you've got my app that I've created and you share and follow me, you're always going to get my message. And you're going to know how much I'm raising, what the causes are, and also what organizations I'm partnering with. 
everything wow. is brought right to that platform. And mm-hmm. because it's an app, I can also do what's called a push message. So if it's someone in another country outside the United States or Canada, they're going to get the message and they're going to be able to follow along because I have, I have nonprofit stuff I do in Nigeria and I want to be able to continue that. Well, what better way than two simple apps? And I'm, I've got other things that I'm bringing to the table here real soon that's going to do with Facebook. And your, uh, the, when you create a fan page on Facebook, a lot of those people don't know how to optimize them. But I've, I've come across a system that's going to allow me to be able to help these organizations or small business owners optimize and, and create good content, but also do it in a way where they're um, they're not having to pay a huge amount of money for advertising, which is even wow. better. Mm-hmm. That's right. You know, That's so good. We're, we're providing solutions that that um, are cutting edge. The, the mobile app, uh, we have a technology not just with the app, but how we can take any website and make it mobile friendly because 90% of the websites out there are not mobile friendly. So we have that too. So what is the name of the first app that's coming out debuting this week? Oh, that's um, FireFan. When they announced the name for FireFan and it was posted on social media, we got 11 million hits and it hasn't even gone public yet. It's happening this week. And that was wow. in the first three days. First three days, we got 11 million hits. So share with your fans. friends. Yeah. And, and they, would they uh, find it at the uh, Play Store on their phone? Yeah, and my unique code for to follow me is duck underscore, the, like the, the, the uh, D-U-C-K, duck mm-hmm. under fire. So duck underscore fire. Okay. So if you when it goes live, it's going to happen this week. That's you want to be able to follow me because you want the funds to go to the nonprofits that I'm helping. Right. And then and so course, it's called Fire app, Fan Sports App, correct? Yes. Yeah. Okay. And you'll hear about it. You're going to hear about it. Where remember when the last. Uh, uh, a big uh, game that went live here a few months ago that just was crazy. Everyone was talking about it. Um, now I can't think because I'm not a gamer. <laughs> I don't, but but uh, I like this. This is different. This is so uh-huh. different because it's allowing us as a general public to do the fundraising for these organizations just by sharing it, a simple app. Mm-hmm. That sounds and, great. You know, now, um, are people able to drive through this mechanism? Well, I gave you the links. So the link for the FireFan app that's mine will be published on with this this message. And also the, the mobile platform that I'm using to, to stay in front of my people is also really great for any business or any uh, church, organization, nonprofit. So um, I shared that link with you. So hopefully we can get people in front of that and, and see um, 
see what we can do to help each other. You know, you might know some local businesses that I can help or church or whatever, you know, youth group. Mm-hmm. And, okay, um, well, I'll definitely um, – I don't know if I received it from you yet, uh, but if I didn't, I'll let you know so that I can definitely put it on the um, the Facebook page that we have. We only have about one minute. If you can tell us what your future goals are for your organization. Um, actually, my future goal is is not just to provide fundraising, but eventually take the leverage of the collective group and our voice and start changing the laws so that the women that get caught up in this, that it, it's not a crime, it's they are victims. Amen. Amen. And that's, um, I think when I we think do that's... that, it's going to shift so much. Mm-hmm. Yes. Now, well, how can people get in touch with you, Kenneth? Uh, all the listeners, how can they get in touch with you or your team? Okay. If you go on Facebook, within Facebook, there's the search bar within Facebook. Put yes. in Golden New Beginnings, and that'll take you to my page, which is Kenneth Wayne Meadows. But I created a new uh, my unique URL for this Golden New Beginnings because that's really what I want to do is create some really new beginnings for these people. Amen. Um, thank you so much, Kenneth, for uh, coming on the show, sharing such an intimate um, part of your life, and um, being the the conduit being the agent of change. Thank you so much again for all that you're doing. Thank you. You're welcome. Now, everyone, wisdom to reign. You cannot outrun your pain. Stop, confront, and heal. To make a donation or get in touch with me or my team, please go to www.wealthmngt.org or follow us on Facebook and Twitter at IRAIN, Stop Abuse and Abolish Sex Trafficking. Also go to YouTube channel. I'm there too, IRAIN Blog Talk, and become a subscriber so that you won't miss any of our show. Lastly, don't forget to pick up my book, IRAIN, A Survivor's Guide to Thrive. It's on Amazon as well as Barnes & Noble. So repeat after me. I reclaim my life. I excel at living. I illuminate the dark. I grow in Christ and I nurture myself and others. Let's reign together with Christ. See you next Tuesday at 8 p.m.